Get ready for the jubilee, hurrah, hurrah. You give the hero three and scream, hurrah, hurrah. For the war of is ready now to place upon his loyal crowd and we'll all feel gay when Johnny comes marching home. Welcome to this week's podcast, number 61 of History Speaks from the Montour County Historical Society. My name is Terry Diener, a member of the Board of Directors. All of the podcasts can be found on the Historical Society homepage by clicking on Podcasts in the upper right corner. The Society's Speaker Series continues July the 3rd, and I'll be discussing the life of local businessman and philanthropist Thomas Beaver. Why not stop by, say hello, and learn more about the man who had a major impact on Danville. Doors at the Boyd House Museum open at 6.30. The program begins at 7 o'clock. There is a $5 admission. Back in 2013, historian Sis Haas wrote a story noting that in 1913, a contingent of local Civil War veterans traveled to Gettysburg to take part in the 50th anniversary of the Great Battle. I share parts of her column today from Moments in Time. The Battle of Gettysburg was fought July the 1st through the 3rd in 1863, and it did turn out to be the turning point of the Civil War. After defeating the Union forces of General Joseph Hooker at Chancellorsville, Virginia in May, Confederate General Robert E. Lee decided to invade the North in hopes of further discouraging the enemy and possibly inducing European countries to recognize the Confederacy. His invasion army numbered more than 71,000 troops. However, it turned into a crushing defeat for Lee and his army, which would never again invade northern soil. Losses were heavy. Of some 94,000 northern troops, casualties numbered about 23,000, with more than 3,100 killed. Of more than 71,000 southerners, there were about 28,000 casualties, with some 3,900 killed. In 1913, 50 years later, About 75 Civil War veterans from the Danville area traveled on the Pennsylvania train from South Danville to Gettysburg to attend the reunion of those who were involved in the famous battle in July of 1863 in that southern Pennsylvania town. The eight coaches drawn by two locomotives were well filled before the train reached the South Danville station with those from the towns and cities north of Danville. Joining the local veterans on this journey was Thomas H. Sanders, the oldest of the local veterans. It was quite a spectacle, according to the large crowd assembled in the intense heat at the station that bid them farewell. They watched as the windows of each train car passed, full of aged men with bronzed faces, full of anxiety about the venture of meeting with a former enemy, and walking on the battlefield where they had fought. The 25th Gettysburg Reunion in 1888, along with other past planned events for the North and the South, were not attended by many veterans. Many felt that not enough time had passed to heal all wounds. They arrived at Gettysburg amidst a great mass of humanity. The 50-year anniversary celebration promoted with a reunification spirit evidently stirred both the blue and the gray veterans at this point of their life, as hundreds of thousands of visitors were already present and thousands were constantly coming in from every direction by train, cars, horseback, carriages, and hiking. Those armies of veterans were carrying crutches and canes instead of the muskets, carbines, and swords of their last meeting at Gettysburg. The Boy Scouts of America, organized in 1907, greeted the veterans as they entered the campsite and were available to help with their needs. The town of Gettysburg was overwhelmed and certainly not prepared for the crowd of over 100,000 visitors. There were 53,400 veterans. 8,750 of them were Confederates. 
Food and sleeping accommodations were in short supply for the visitors. The tent city had 5,000 brown army tents on 280 acres, situated by number to allow easy connection to old comrades. They ate meals on site and held campfires at night, often listening to music that brought back memories reminiscent of those lonely camp evenings. The tents were like virtual ovens. Other veterans were sleeping on the streets or front porches. Most restaurants ran out of food and had difficulty replenishing their stock. The sizzling heat and humidity became a major issue as the doctors and hospitals had thousands of patients from lack of sleep and heat prostration. Temperatures reached the 100-degree mark. Both veterans of the North and the South who were able to walk over the ground where the first day's fighting took place, some blue, some gray, arm-in-arm, describing their encounters of the past, often with a tear running down their cheek or a crack in the voice. It was also evident that they should remember the boys who had drunk from the same canteen but whom the fortunes of war had claimed. The climactic moment of the reunion was the reenactment of Pickett's Charge, but instead of gunfire, there were handshakes, tears, and even applause, according to the emotion of each veteran when they met at the stone wall. A death-like stillness then reigned over the field, and each army remained in breathless expectation of something yet to come still more dreadful. Confederate State Brigadier General A.L. Long, describing midday at Gettysburg before Pickett's charge on July the 3rd, and it came from the memoirs of Robert E. Lee, his military and personal history, which was written in 1866. The unbearable heat continued and many of the veterans and visitors left before the July 4th appearance of President Woodrow Wilson. The president spoke of finding one another again, brothers and comrades in arms, enemies no longer, generous friends, battles long past and quarrels forgotten, except for the splendid valor. After breakfast on July the 5th, the remaining veterans began to leave for home, waving goodbye to their comrades. A bittersweet farewell, many knew that they would not live to see another reunion. But they also knew that the hatreds of war had given way to feelings of friendship and brotherhood. A couple of interesting anecdotes associated with that 1913 reunion. The encampment was prepared for deaths. Fifty coffins were ordered. Two hundred could be made available if the need came. The army was expecting ten deaths a day. After all, the crowd assembled upon the Gettysburg battlefield the first week of July 1913 was very old and many wearing full battle uniforms in the scorching heat. The youngest veteran there was 61. The oldest, remarkably, according to the New York Times, was 112. In 1913, Civil War veteran Peter Geibert, at 70 years of age, started out on a trek from Pittsburgh to Gettysburg to pay tribute to the 50th anniversary of the battle. Geibert, who was a Yankee drummer boy during the war, stepped off from Allegheny City Hall on May the 26, 1913, and arrived in Gettysburg 19 days later. Along the way, Geibert played the same brass-shelled snare drum he carried during the war. By the way, next month, on August 7th, Danville native Sue Riken Boardman, Leadership Program Director and Licensed Battlefield Guide with the Gettysburg Foundation, will be talking about Montour County at the Battle of Gettysburg during our speaker series. She says many of the Montour County men who fought in 1863 were seasoned recruits from 1861 and 62. Men from throughout the county were found in regiments all over the Gettysburg battlefield. She says five regiments in particular had large representations of Montour County men, including Company E of the 35th Pennsylvania Regiment, 
also known as the 6th Pennsylvania Reserves, Company H of the 93rd Pennsylvania Regiment, the Baltic Guards, Company H of the 53rd Pennsylvania Regiment. Company D, the 69th Pennsylvania Regiment, comprised a number of men of Irish descent from Danville, and Battery F, Ricketts Battery, of the 1st Pennsylvania Light Artillery. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast of History Speaks from the Montour County Historical Society. Just a reminder, I'll be speaking on July the 3rd as part of our series at the Boyd House Museum. The life of Thomas Beaver, local philanthropist and businessman, will be the focus of my presentation. Doors open Wednesday at 6.30. The program begins at 7 p.m. There is a $5 admission. Also, the Boyd House and Montgomery House Museums are currently open on Sundays from 2 until 4. Members of the Historical Society and students through 12th grade are admitted free of charge. All others are welcome for $5, which gets you into both museums. I close today's podcast with one of the lines from Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address when he dedicated the National Cemetery there on November the 19th, 1863. It is for us the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. Slavery and we'll all drink stone wine when Johnny comes by.